0: All right, welcome to a financial planning podcast with a down to earth vibe. Sasquatch listens while gathering blueberries this is through the pines on this episode. We will chat uh, what to do with your money when facing a recession. Is a recession coming? This has been like the longest called for recession I could, you know, I've ever been through. So, do you make any money moves right now? Should you change anything? How well are you diversified? When should you contact your advisor? What if the recession never happens? And so we'll cover some budgeting tips um, and the cost benefits of savings accounts. Is there a safe place for money? Is there no safe place for money? All of these topics and more on this episode of Through the Pines, we'll bring in our advisors for this episode, Brandon and Rex with. Plan with Baxter.com. Rex is already smiling. I don't even know why. I got to introduce you first. Forbes Best in State Wealth Management Team for Utah. Baxter Nelson and Associates. Advisor Hub fastest growing advisors to watch under one billion dollars, and also the receivers of the Ameriprise Client Experience Award which means good customer service, our financial wizards. This week, planwithbaxter.com. Thank you so much, Rex Baxter and Brandon Smith. Please find us on Facebook at Through the Pines. Follow our Instagram at pines underscore podcast and also subscribe on YouTube so you can see our wonderful, beautiful faces on the YouTube channel at Through the Pines Podcast. Rex, recession is this recession coming? It's all I hear about on the news.
1: It's Are we an in advertised it? recession I can remember of uh, ever I can think of in in my adulthood. So yeah, it's it's definitely been one that everybody has not been afraid to call. So <laughs> we'll we'll see. I don't know. I I think it's going to be really really close as far as that fine line and the Fed walking it and whether we avoid it or catch it. Sorry, sorry, I was laughing during your intro. I was, I was getting <laughs> hung up on on Sasquatch picking blueberries because I really like blueberries. And I reason, do too. I kinda, yeah, <laughs> that just kind of hit me. So great, great intro. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And you know, we're just happy he's a listener. So um, I, I don't know how big his portfolio is or her or the missus, but you know. Saskatch-
1: Saskatchewan.
0: So yeah, whatever. But they're, yeah. they're probably also anticipating this recession and, and picking a little more blueberries. So uh, do you change anything? Like, do you get calls at the office in panic when because the, the, the prognosticators in the media will say this is going to happen or something? And, and I know that um, Ameriprise sends out letters and emails that says, like, you know, do this. You know, here's what we think is going to happen. And so, you know, do, do you get phone calls? Are people concerned and they want you to change their, their portfolio in some way?
1: Yeah. And at the moment, I feel like we're getting calls on the daily right and so i i had one yesterday i had another one today and 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 it, it feels like i'm getting at least a call if not multiple calls every day um with concern about recession with concern about you know the the market had had a, a fairly strong first seven months of the year and then august had a pretty rough you know first three weeks four weeks of august and and so they're starting, the media is starting to hit that again. They're starting, the media is starting to hit, you know, as interest rates done, are they going to, you know, hike rates a couple more times? You know, they're, they're starting to talk about government shutdown, possibly at the end of September. Um, you know, inflation is a artificially, you know, are the, are the numbers that are coming in artificially low, and it's really higher than that. And so you've got a lot of media attention um, kind of focused on the economy and what's going on out in the world right now. So, so I think there is a lot of anxiety, a lot of concern, you know, people had finally started to see their portfolios recover from, from a very difficult 2022, where the markets as a whole were down, not only the equity markets, but the fixed income markets were down because interest rates were rising so quickly. And, and so that's, that's been nice to see the recovery, but as soon as it takes the slightest little hiccup, then, then that panic sets in. And I think that's, that's why, you know, probably our number one rule of recessions is is remain calm, right? Is is people make terrible decisions when they're emotional. And and this goes not only with recessions, but with most things in your life. That if you if you make a decision in an emotional state, then typically you're gonna make a, a very poor decision. And so if you can remain calm, take a step back, you know, count to ten, breathe, whatever those tricks are that that you're taught, you know, do that and and kind of center yourself.
0: Okay, well, Brandon, can you explain the difference between how a recession affects the general economy versus how a recession affects, say, the stock market?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the, The stock market is always trying to anticipate. And what is it trying to anticipate? It's trying to anticipate future earnings. Um, and 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 it's probably no surprise to anyone listening that that the stock market over usually overshoots, right? It usually overshoots the good news up, and it usually shoots the bad news overshoots the bad news down. And so you know what we'll see a lot of is leading into what might be a recession, right? For example, this last one, interest or, or inflation was really really high. Well, what does that do to the markets? Well, that scares the markets because they're like, oh, my gosh, if inflation's this high. The Federal Reserve is going to need to fight that. How do they fight that? Well, they're going to raise interest rates and kind of inflict pain on the economy, on businesses, on individuals. And that pain should make people less able to buy goods, which will bring down inflation. But but it also will bring down profits. And so you see, you know, as as inflation started to ramp up, you saw, saw 2022 the markets really reacted quite dramatically to that because they're anticipating. Now, did we see a recession in 2022? No. Right. Like, like no official. And, and, you know, can we see two quarters of, of slightly, but even that, those two quarters were so slightly negative that even if that's the definition you're going by, it was not a a significant, you know, recession. Um, And yet the markets were down, down dramatically you know, and, and, and it's because they're anticipating a lot of, and, and then oftentimes we'll see that we'll, we'll actually have a recession, but the market, by the time we see the official recession declared, the markets will already be out of it. Why? Well, because the markets have figured out, all right, this is how it's, how much it's going to hurt. Here's the ride out of it. And then the markets adjust. And so, you know, market, it's important to remember that your investment accounts, though definitely impacted by economic cycles, aren't in lockstep with recession profits and everything in the current state.
0: Rex, that's the name of the game are these people who um, are trying to be savvy investors and and pick pick a bottom or, or enter at a time when they feel like uh, uh, this is the best time to buy because maybe uh, stocks have dipped because of uh, uh, the economic Indicate economic factors on, on a recession, and so they're going to try it and time this and enter the market at a certain time. Uh, that's not necessarily what you do, correct?
1: No, I, I think I think timing the market and, and I, I may catch some flack from this, but I think timing the market is a fool's game, right? Is nobody can predict the future. Nobody can tell me whether any individual stock is going to be up tomorrow morning at 7:30 mountain time, right? Or down tomorrow morning at mountain time, 7:30. Um Nobody can tell me if three weeks from now that stocks going to be up or down. But I I am confident that over time, as earnings come in, that stock prices follow earnings. And so, you know, if people are trying to time getting into the market during in the middle of a recession, during a down period or out of the market before a recession happens, you know, I, I think they're just I think they're rolling the dice. Nobody can predict that future. And so I think the smart decision for the savvy investors is is you figure out how aggressive or conservative you need to be to hit your goals. And then as you see major market dislocations, either downturns or significant upturns, that those are great periods to rebalance your portfolio because that's forcing you, in a sense, to sell those things that are high and to buy those things that are low. And, And at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do over time. And, and so the, you know, the farther markets get dislocated, you may end up rebalancing a little bit more frequently. That's always interesting because when you talk to people and you're in the middle of a recession, everything, all the media is gloomy, right? Unemployment's record levels, inflation's record levels, you know, the world's going to end kind of mentality. Lots of times that's the best time to kind of buy and to rebalance things like that. But if you, if you talk to a lot of individual investors, they get that deer in the headlight look and they're frozen. They're like, oh, I don't want to do anything until we're out of this. And by then you've missed that opportunity to, to essentially buy low. And so it goes contrary to a lot of times what you're feeling in your gut. And, and you need to kind of take a step back. And that's, you know, refer back to, to kind of rule number one, if you will, remain calm, right? Yeah. And unemotional yeah. and about it and, and then do what you need to do in your portfolio, which is stay invested, keep it balanced, rebalance regularly. And the more dislocated it becomes, then, then you may end up actually wanting to rebalance a little bit more frequently than normal. So,
0: yeah, Br- Brandon, when do you suggest uh, your clients reach out to you concerning rebalancing your por- their portfolio?
2: Yeah, so so what's nice for most of our clients, we actually can take discretion, which means that we can, Rex and I can watch the markets, we can watch what's going on. And then as we need to, and as, as things adjust, we can actually go out and and automatically rebalance the portfolios for the clients, which in my opinion is, is such a nice model compared to only being able to rebalance that when you talk to clients and just because you're getting those live updates and live rebalances and fund swap outs, ETF changes as they come and so most of our clients aren't worried about calling us and saying hey is it time for rebalance because they know that we're handling that um which which isn't true of all advisors you know we had to take some extra tests and have extra supervision to to have that ability but but that's not typically usually we get calls from clients when they're nervous and 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 that's a good thing um if you're if you're uncomfortable that feeling of uncomfort likely doesn't go away on its own unless the market kind of reverts. And, and so I, I would much rather, you know, take the time and, and talk to a client and walk them through it and make sure make sure we understand, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. Make sure nothing significant has changed in their life, you know, and and, and mo- but most times we're kind of on top of that. And we can say, all right, this is we went into it. We prepared for this. We didn't know this event would happen but we knew that something like it could happen. And so we prepared your portfolio to be able to make whatever distributions we, we anticipate needing. Um, and, and we're gonna be able to ride through this.
0: Rex, there's, there's no safe place for money.
2: Well,
1: I, it, it depends, right? There's your yeah. answer. It depends, depends yeah. on the recession, depends on where the recession's hitting and what else is going on in the economy. I will say, to revert back to your last question, You know, when is a good time for you to call your advisor, things like that. I will say that if if you're out there and you're listening to this and you get nervous about the markets or anxious and you have some sort of reticence or, or hesitation to call your advisor, then you might wanna look and see if you're with the right advisor.
0: Oh, interesting, right? I, yeah.
1: And so you should be very comfortable reaching out to your advisor Having that conversation, and if you're uncomfortable talking to your advisor, feel free to call us. We'll talk to
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Just just throwing that out there. Uh, okay,
2: Brandon, I'll take yeah. I'll take your question on the no safe place because this okay. is one. It, it's it, and this is I think there's a certain amount of freedom that comes when you realize that there is no truly no safe place, right? I was talking to a client the other day who was very nervous about the markets, about the economy and uh, about the future of, of the US dollar. And 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 I kind of semi-joke told them, well, you've got most all of your money in cash, right? Like if you're worried about the dollar collapsing, like you are in the worst place possible, right? Like this could be really serious. Whereas an investor that was well diversified over, you know, different asset classes and, and various companies is probably sitting in a better place and And it was just kind of a funny, you know moment to have, right? Because cash, cash has certain amounts of safety. FDIC insurance is really nice as long as the dollar is is stable, and I think it will be, right? But but can inflation come in and and knock it down by nine percent? Yeah, you know, we just barely saw that. And so it, you know, although leaving it in cash can feel safe, I've seen some people who leave it in cash rather than investing it in in retirement. Which they need it to grow, and they safely run out of money, you know. Which which isn't you know all that safe in the long run. Sometimes having, you know, a rate of return on that investment, even if it has to move up and down, um, can be even even better. We can go ahead. We can move it and put it in annuities. You know, where it's not usually our first choice, um, just because returns are, are often a little bit muted. Um, you also have contracts you have to deal with and things like that. But you can give up, right? You can you can buy an annuity and give up some of that market volatility for safety. But then sometimes that safety, right? Like again, with the inflation, if you buy an annuity and it guarantees you a monthly payout, and then all of a sudden inflation runs over a couple of years, well, that, that value of that payout is now worth a lot less than it was prior. And so ironically, sometimes the safest place is, is putting your money in very nimble places, nimble places that can move that can adjust. Um, but sometimes that nimbleness also creates volatility. And so it's just this whole paradigm, right, of of like, what is safe and what is not typically diversification amongst a lot of different places ends up being the most, you know, the the safest um, way to invest
0: Well, define safety. So yeah,
2: uh, rec- uh, let me define safety. Okay. Safety is the highest probability of success, right? Safety is where can I put my money and have the highest likelihood of achieving my financial goals and still having money left over. That is, that is what should be your, your, your definition of safety or, or the objective. But oftentimes it's not. Oftentimes for clients, it's I just don't ever want to open my portfolio and see it down 10%. But that uh, yeah. might, that might be the most dangerous full investment philosophy to have.
0: So with that with that definition, real quick, Brandon, does then how does how do recessions af- affect that uh, those decisions?
2: Well, a recession, a recession often causes market volatility, usually ahead of time, right? And so people anticipating a recession get scared, makes the markets move move around, and and that's I mean that can be highly detrimental. Detrimental to someone's retirement if they haven't planned for it.
0: Mm. Okay, Rex.
2: Yeah, I think
1: I, I like that definition of safety, Brandon. I think that I think it's it's interesting because most people do view safety as as my hard dollar not going down, right? <clears throat> and yet the reality is that inflation is chewing away at your dollar. And now your dollar's worth ninety six cents. Now it's worth ninety one cents. Now it's worth eighty five cents right and and it's the hidden killer is inflation and so you know people look at that and they think oh but i'm safe because it's under my mattress or it's in a savings account earning you know 0.2 percent or whatever the, the interest rate is and and that typically like you say is the least safe as far as reaching your goals and getting to where you want on the flip side of that when you're headed into a recession you know, you are going to have some market volatility. And so if you're extended out and taking too much risk in your portfolio, then those swings can be violent. And all of a sudden your portfolio could be down 10, 15, 20, 25, 40%, right? It could be down a lot. And, and if you're taking too much risk, then that's where the emotions come in. And you, because you're taking so much risk, you're going to have a lot of anxiety. You're going to panic out. You're going to make poor decisions. And you're going to end up selling at the wrong time during that downswing instead of riding through it and letting letting the markets come back up and earning you a good rate of return over time. And so that's that's a delicate balance of making sure that you you understand that your target rate of return that you're trying to get between now and retirement and through retirement and the volatility that typically goes along with that rate of return. make sure that you are comfortable with it and if you're not comfortable with it then something needs to change Mm. right either you need to work longer live on less save more something right if you're not going to be comfortable with that you have choices and it's you know some are palatable some are not and so you just need to kind of look at that
0: okay so you have in the notes not all portfolios can quote unquote ride through now is that based on Portfolio performance, or is that based on the uh, the stomach of the the person invested in that portfolio to ride it through?
2: Really, really, it comes down to how you built the portfolio going into it, right? How do you prepare? How do you prepare for a recession? Well, your portfolio should always be prepared for a recession. You don't know when the next recession is going to come, and and a lot of times people will say, "Well, I'll just ride it out," right? Like, "Yeah, I'm over leveraged. Yes, I'm extra aggressive. Yet, yeah, you know, yada yada." And and they think if if we go into a, a negative situation, I'll just write it out, right? I'll close my eyes and just hope for the best and, and and wait until this bounces, and and that's true. You can do that with most portfolios, right? Most well diversified portfolios. You know, never saying that you never know, right? It's possible the entire you know world economy could collapse, right? But assuming that assuming that Walmart can still make money, Ford can still make money, Tesla still makes money, right? Amazon's delivering packages. As long as the economy is intact and and businesses are able to make money, then there's an incredibly high probability of success that those those stocks are going to be valuable, right? Because they're generating income. And so if you've got a well-diversified, well-built portfolio, then absolutely. Right. We can go into a deep and even deeper than 2008 recession and still ride it out because we know that, you know, on the other end, we're going to have companies making money and that's where we're going to be allocated. But let's say, for example, your portfolio isn't diversified like that. And, and maybe let's say you've got half your money in one stock and all of a sudden it's not looking so hot for this stock and it's coming down. You've lost 50 percent of the value. You might look at it and say, like, let's do we ride it out? And the answer is maybe, right? Maybe the best answer is take your money and run because something's happening to the stock and you just don't know. And so if a portfolio is overly concentrated in individual stocks, if it's overly concentrated in one asset class, sometimes we see an asset class take a dive and it's not gonna come back for a while, right? Certain commodities, um, perhaps a tech bubble type thing could happen, right? Like there's sometimes a, a, a sector isn't going to just bounce back like the rest of the economy. And so that's why you have to make sure that before the recession or before a pullback happens, that your portfolio is built correctly.
0: Brandon, what's the longest recession on record, do you know?
2: You know, I, I've gone back and I've looked at like various recession, you know, all through through time and and typically kind of rule of thumb, but it's about three to five years. Is, is like like five years is like the longest it takes from a, a market high, a drawdown, and then coming back up and, and breaking even. And so when we build a portfolio, we make sure, like let's say you're headed into retirement, let's say you're retiring tomorrow, we're gonna build your portfolio and make sure that we've got enough in assets outside of you know stocks and highly volatile things, but enough outside assets that we can, if we need to, Stop drawing on the on the volatile portion and start pulling from more stable things like bonds, money markets, things like that in order to cover your needed distributions for five years or more, depending on kind of what the client is and the risk tolerance and and kind of plan in general. But but that's the, the high level, right, is, is we want enough in aggressive assets and stocks because that that's going to give us our, our primary rate of return, right, the best performing sector. Um, historically speaking. And so we want to have enough in those assets to grow our portfolio, to be nimble, to outpace inflation, to do all that hard, you know, the, the the main work of the portfolio, but then also have this backup plan of if we need to stop pulling from those and start pulling from a safer place, we've got money to do it.
1: I think um, a <clears throat> couple of things. I even though the, the business cycle is typically 5 years right from kind of peak to trough to, to recovery the the longest recession or depression on record is about you know 5 years um, that goes back a long ways though i mean if i remember history correctly that was back in the 1800s oh. right and so the average recession is about 17 months is typically the average recession and so about a year and a half if if you want to look at that as far as the actual recession. And I I think I think the best, although the best time to to look at your portfolio is obviously before a recession, that doesn't mean that if you didn't do that, stick your head in the sand and and ignore it in the middle of the recession. Yeah, right? but you're taking
0: care of it. I'm just gonna pull my head up when the recession's over and see where we're at.
1: And and if you have the fortitude to do that. Great. Let's do yeah. that. And then let's reevaluate at the back end. The problem is that a lot of people stick their head in the sand and right at the bottom of the recession, they pull their head out, panic and sell it all, right? Right. Sure. And do the exact wrong thing at the wrong time. And so and so if you don't have the fortitude to ride through it and you find yourself in the middle of a recession, then you still need to look at, you know, look at the portfolio, sit down with the financial advisor, have them evaluate where you're at today. And, and see if there's good decisions that you can make out of the difficult situation you're at that will get you to recover a little bit quicker. And then on the flip side of that recovery, don't get so excited about the recovery and that and that upside again that you don't readjust and reassess your risk mm. because you just about made a terrible decision in the middle of that of that recession. And the next time, because you're closer to retirement or you're in retirement, Next time you may not have the fortitude to ride through it. It may last longer. The situation may feel different. Um, You may be taking distributions and that may cause you to panic. And so, you know, make sure that you're honest with yourself about how you felt during that time and whether you really were going to panic out or not and get that, get that, you know, portfolio
2: situated appropriately.
0: All right. I want to ask you a question about converting funds to a Roth IRA, but Brandon, do you have some more numbers?
2: You bet I got some more numbers. All right. All right. So kind of speaking of inflation, I, I thought it was interesting CNBC did something where they said they looked at it and said car repair costs are up almost 20% over, over the past year, um, which is obviously way, way faster than, you know, the, even though we've had some high inflation, that's 20% is really steep. Um, and, and they think part of it is, is, is quite a few things, right? There's, the cars on the road today are older. Um, Part of that came back to supply chain issues when cars weren't being manufactured, we were short on chips. Um, And so, you know, we had that, that kind of bottleneck. So instead of going out and buying an expensive new car, people just fixed them. But then we've also got, you know, we've got fewer mechanics, um The technology in cars keeps getting better. I mean, it's crazy what a, a new windshield can cost now because mm-hmm. it's got like a gazillion sensors and that has to be reset, right? Whereas it used to, a windshield used to be a piece of glass.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. And so, it, it. I and and I don't know that I have any real takeaways, but it's crazy that man repair costs on cars up twenty percent.
0: Well, up like th- you said, more. I mean, we want to. I mean, now that our cars are paid off, you know. You want to keep it running, hopefully, and even if it's right. not paid off, and then it's, you really want to keep it running, and so you want to, you got to pay it. You got to pay the man to fix the thing, you know, and so uh, keep keep it on the road a little bit longer, which uh, is interesting. So, twenty percent it can be big. I know I paid it was like sixty five hundred for a new transmission about four years ago. So add twenty percent to sixty five hundred, and right. yeah, that's a chunk of change, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right, Rex. In the notes here, we have as part of our our recession advice, I guess converting
1: funds to a Roth IRA. How, where does that fit in? Well, I think there's I think there's a couple of of retirement account or retirement fund moves you can make in the middle of a recession. But you know, <clears throat> the when you're converting a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, essentially you're taking pre-tax dollars and paying the tax on it, moving it to a, an after-tax uh, account or a tax-free account in this case. And so the best time to do that is when values are down,
0: Mm.
1: right? Because you're, you're essentially paying tax on a depressed value and then allowing that to recover and to grow in a tax-free account type a tax-free chassis. And so in the middle of a recession is typically a great time. Or in the middle of a downward market is a great time to do your Roth conversions. And so that's, that's one of those strategies that if we get into a recession, that you should be evaluating, looking at, and and seeing when a good time is to pull the trigger on on those Roth conversions.
0: Well, that's good, Brandon. Let's um, some uh, some other advice when approaching a recession, and, and this is probably just generally good financial advice. But invest in well-managed companies that have low debt, good cash flow, and strong balance sheets. How do we know these things? where do we, where do we research to find this? Is this what we're trusting you to do? Or is there a place that we can go and, and it just lists them all.
2: Yeah. You beat me to it. I was going to say highly (laughs) trained (laughs)
0: trained financial advisor.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, the, the point is a, a really important one. Sometimes people think a good diversified portfolio is one with a lot of mutual funds in it. Right. And then you go and you, We'll we'll sometimes run reports on them where we'll put all the mutual funds in and we'll X-ray through and see what are all the mutual funds holding and then add those all back up and say, all right, wow, you might have 20 different mutual funds, but they're all still buying the same company. Hmm. Right. And 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 what is a mutual fund manager tempted to buy? They're tempted to buy the company who's highly leveraged, like leaning into debt. Right. Because lots of over the long run those usually they're highly leveraged they they grow faster right they've had better past returns and so these fund managers who are being compared you know to other mutual fund managers by their rate of return sometimes they get a little bit greedy right and that's true in in stock portfolios that's true in bond portfolios uh it makes me think back to when was that 2015 when we had the the muni Um, the muni bond crisis and and all of a sudden everyone realized that these muni municipal bond funds that were getting great yields. The reason they were getting great yields is because they had some really poorly underwritten debt in them. And, (laughs) and, and so, you know, it looked like it was a a great fund, but, but people need to look into it and see what it is. And so I, I think, yeah, in your portfolios, make sure you make sure you understand what you have, inside of them. not just a fund name or not just an ETF, but what is actually underlying, what are the underlying holdings? And, and, and it's not wrong to have some that are leveraged, right? But you want to make sure there's a balance with that.
0: All right, Rex, um, I guess if you're prepared enough, you don't need to worry so much about a recession, unless it's something where it impacts you personally, like you lose a job or something, which, which becomes very tough. Um, What are, you know, as we close out this, this particular episode, what are some of the biggest concerns we should have going into a recession? And then, you know, what can you as a financial advisor sort of help people with?
1: Well, I think every recession is different, right? And will impact you differently. And so I think you need to, to evaluate what does this recession look like and how's it How's it different? How's it going to, you know, impact different industries? How's it going to impact your job and your livelihood? Um, if you're looking at major purchases, you know, how might it impact those purchases? If you're, if you have the capacity to save, you know, how should you change your saving habits? Should you accelerate your retirement plan contributions in the middle of a recession? Should you do a Roth conversion in the middle of a recession? Those kinds of questions, and those are all questions that your financial advisor should be able to assist you with. And and those should be questions that you're having, you know, fairly consistently over time through through your reviews, through your your regular service model that that your advisors are taking care of you. Um, I think the things that you need to be aware of is is the the emotionals, you know, the the, the emotional dynamics of of how money affects you, and whether you're taking too much risk. And this is a great time to evaluate it, right? We are not in a recession today. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least if we are, we won't know for six months, right? And so, <laughs> okay. and so now's a great time to evaluate that yeah. and, and sit down and say, how aggressive am I? If we get, you know, two or three more rate hikes, what does that look like for my portfolio? If they lower rates next year, how does that look for my portfolio? And if we get into a market where we get into recession and we have a 10% downswing, then is, does my portfolio go to five or the portfolio go down 15 or 20? How mm-hmm. aggressive am I? How many, you know, and, and it gets a little technical, but how many standard deviations out am I on that risk scale on that bell curve, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and I think those are all things to look at beforehand, but I'm, I'm more concerned about, you know, taking those early steps and, and how, how it affects emotionally because that's where i've seen people do the most damage mm. is when they're not emotionally prepared for what their portfolio might go through. Yeah. And and so we spend a lot of time with clients on on that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, doing yoga, breathing techniques, you know. We we really do
1: centering, right? Cent- doing affirmations, yeah. all of those kinds of whatever things, it right? takes man. yeah will go up yeah Anyhow, yeah
0: <laughs> brandon let's closing out are is there an upside to a recession uh if so what would that be like maybe we'll see interest rates come down or something uh, do you see up uh, you know uh positives to to an economy going through a recession
2: yeah always opportunities right one, one of the things a recession will do is it'll kind of cut out a lot of froth right on a, on a lot of fronts from the investing front where you get investors who really are just buying, 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 right? It kind of that, that a little bit of fear isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? It keeps things lean, but then it also leans out businesses where businesses will go through and, and, and try and make processes more efficient, try and, 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 and get by Unless right? Which allows them to accelerate through. And so I, I don't think a business cycle, the ups and the downs of a business cycle are necessarily a bad thing, as long as people are just are prepared for it. Right. And you need to prepare yourself personally and your your budgets and things like that, but then also pre- prepare your portfolios um, so, that, so that they're ready for it. But then in addition to that, we've got other oper- like Rex was saying, those Roth conversions, which I can't stress enough. Make sure you talk to an accountant or an advisor or someone as you're doing those, because you don't want to just do a rough conversion and then all of a sudden have a massive tax bill in the middle of recession that you weren't anticipating, right? And so there's ways and things that we need to make sure that we we do. But man, you could you could get a 10, 20 percent discount on your taxes if you do that right. And so um, you just have to make sure that you're you're aware and consciously making decisions, and that's probably. Where I would leave it is when you when things get scary, when things get a little bit out of sorts, it's important to be making conscious decisions. Although we don't have all of the information, we can't nobody has a perfect perfect crystal ball. We can make a really good, you know, sound decision that usually will set you up to to really accelerate into the future.
0: Awesome. Rex, Brandon, thanks so much for your time on this episode of Through the Pines. For more information, please visit planwithbaxter.com and chat with Rex or Brandon personally through planwithbaxter.com. Go ahead and like our Facebook page, Through the Pines. Oh, um, look at Brandon, you're full screen. That. <laughs> uh, follow our Instagram at pines underscore podcast. And of course, to see our wonderful, beautiful faces. Subscribe to our YouTube channel Through the Pines podcast. This has been Through the Pines, reminding you to use yesterday's dollars to finance tomorrow's content.